So with the health at every size, I went on the website and it's like, okay, join the pledge, sign the pledge, or all this stuff. Yeah. How does health at every size directly assist people in improving their lives? So for, for me, for example, I may solicit my services, but generally people come to me saying, hey, I want to lose weight. Yeah. yeah. I want to gain weight. Whatever. Sure. And uh, and so we look at that indiv- those individuals on a case-by-case basis and we kind of see what's missing in their life and we try to fill in those gaps, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's how I directly influence someone else's lifestyle. How does health at every size directly influence the lifestyle? Do they have some sort of program where you sign up and they send you shit or what's going on there? I, I'm kind of flipping on the health at every size actually now that we've been talking about it. Because um, I'm just realizing that a lot of what causes people to seek out, uh, you know, your services, or for me, like, the reason why I wanted to gain weight is because I was like, I'm too skinny. Like, I don't want to be skinny anymore. Um, and so I think that maybe there is a need for to, to have that social pressure of saying, like, you should lose weight because it's not going to be good long term. And if somebody was overweight and they're like, oh, yeah, whatever, like... It's fine. Like you just keep on, keep on going on. Mm-hmm. Or if they're skinny and you know they're like ah, whatever. Like it's all good. Then wouldn't people be more complacent just to stay where they are and not make a change? So is being comfortable in your own skin synonymous with leaving yourself to your own devices? Is this kind of what you're getting at? And if you don't um, have that I, external I, pressure, I then maybe people, you'll be left to your own devices. You know, some people they have the internal pressure, like me. Now I'm 160 pounds. It's pretty normal weight for somebody my height. I could theoretically just be like, okay, I'm done now. Like I'm, I can maintain, but I've got that internal pressure where I've got goals that I want to achieve now um, that are outside of just gaining weight. And so mm-hmm. that has caused me to naturally gain more weight. Um, but I think some people without any, without internal pressure, like and that for oftentimes people who gain weight is because they don't have that internal pressure to you mean to, like an internal motivation? And yeah, internal motivation essentially to not gain weight. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know. How I don't know if that exists though. You think? It, well, I'll put it in. So some of the stuff I've read on extrinsic and intrinsic motivation is that if you're intrinsically motivated, and this is actually taken a lot from. So I have a book called Motivational Interviewing. It's got a lot of good concepts in there and part of what motivational interviews interviewers will do is they have they will normally put people through this uh breck interview b-r-e-q and it has a list of questions and stuff to kind of assess uh like where your head's at um and to determine where your motivations come from for let's say if someone wants to come to me to lose weight why exactly are you coming to me to lose weight is it because you're unhappy with how people feel about you being fat or is it because you just feel better physically or whatever so the difference between an intrinsic uh, motivation is uh, so playing a sport playing soccer or or going out on the lake and rowing just for the pure enjoyment of doing something, that's intrinsic. You don't receive anything external from that experience. Mm. It's completely an inward, out to the outward kind of enjoyment, self-fulfilling type thing. But um, for me to uh, train or for us to train for a competition, we ha- we set a goal and we're kind of comparing self- comparing ourselves to a set standard. Right, we have an idea of where everybody else sits 
uh, in terms of uh, the pecking order, and we want to see where we sit in relation to everybody else. Mm, it's not quite enough for us to just... I mean, it is good for us to just see gradual progress, but we also want to show people kind of what we're made of type thing, if well, that makes well, sense. Well, don't we also want to show ourselves that like we're, we're better than others, in a sense? Yeah. Isn't that part of the competition? I think that's more or less natural. Yeah. I, I think. I don't know. Like, I think... Uh, I think health at every size doesn't put down wanting to lose or gain weight. I think it's just more like, look, your your size isn't anybody else's business. Let's mainly focus on what makes you healthy. Let's mainly focus on like what is all right for you to do. Because to me, I think that that's fine. That's a fine philosophy. It's just like it, it doesn't matter if or it's nobody else's business if you're 30 or 60 pounds overweight or 20 or 40 pounds underweight. What's important is that you're happy with yourself if you're not let's work on that what is that entitled let's make you healthy so does this inadvertently put a label on something that's just a natural part of life anyway i mean is that a natural part of life is it natural to be like hey you know it's okay to be moderate it's okay to like i know coming back to us not caring about health right yeah i mean i i don't really like slapping oh something's natural on on a title. I don't really know if humans do anything naturally for the most I, part. I, I agree. I tend to cringe when everyone says, you know, human yeah. beings are supposed to yeah. do this oh, or so not greedy, supposed to you know? How the hell do you know? <laughs> we can make an inference as to whether yeah. or not we should do something based on what our desired result is. I mean, it's, but it's like, oh, we were supposed to eat this way because our ancestors ate this way. <laughs> uh, our ancestors also didn't type on computers. Yeah, I mean, so. kind of speaking, like existentially, the fact that we're doing something at all means that we're supposed to be doing it. I mean, it means that we have the capability yeah, of doing yeah, it. I, I, it. It doesn't, like, I just feel like if we weren't, it, like, if humans weren't supposed to be doing something, it would it would be detrimental to us in some way. I don't know. Right. And there are many things that we do that are, are indeed detrimental, detrimental yeah. more or less. Um, but I think that's also where the moderation thing comes in. Is there's definitely dose dependent consequences for many things. I mean, I think like moderation is something we preach, and, and like we definitely preach it to like kids and like people who are growing up. Like, yeah, it's all right to be moderate. It's all right to you know just be yourself and be okay and be okay with yourself. And then suddenly you're 20 and you know, you're caught up in all sorts of things and you have to do all sorts of things. I think like moderation isn't actually a belief we have in our society or most societies for the most part. Like at least I'm not sold that moderation is as important to like North America as we, we make it sound like because we do not practice moderation in most senses. Well, in my opinion. And there could be variations of moderation. So do you have one glass of wine a day or do you have a whole bottle of wine in one sitting two days of the week yeah, instead yeah. of one glass every day, right? Wh which is more moderate than the other because at the end of the week, you're still consuming the same amount of wine, right? Um, so, I mean, that's that's kind of tricky, the moderation thing. But here's here's where I take the coach's approach in that... We'll, we'll put someone on a plan, and if you're not getting the results that you paid me to help you get, then we haven't found the right balance and we need to tweak something. So the results will tend to dictate for me what is moderate and what is not moderate. What's a moderate amount of exercise for you? Or what's 
the optimal amount of exercise for you to reach this goal. Well, we haven't found it yet because we're not reaching that goal. So we need to lean more this way versus that way, et cetera, et cetera. Rather than me just going into a uh, nutrition or training plan, like some coaches I feel tend to do and get very dogmatic about with, okay, you're not gonna do this and you're not gonna do that and you're not gonna do that and you have to do this three times a day and you have to brush your teeth and you have to, floss your gums and you have to uh, swallow a tablespoon of omega-3 every night and you have to stay away from sugar because it's the devil and all this shit and it's like well that's not really approaching someone's needs on a case-by-case basis because it's very possible that that it's you know the the easy uh, uh, correlate here would be calories not everyone should be on the same amount of calories Mm -hmm. it's a it's a case-by-case basis we can't just approach everyone with the same approach definitely I mean I agree with that and I think like again I, I keep preaching for it but I think health at every size invokes that in principle it's like hey case by case everyone needs something specific everyone has their specific goals we're not going to be dogmatic about anything let's let's follow this up with you know pragmatism let's make sure that you know you're healthy and happy with what you are that's what it should be in practice I mean, sometimes it turns into be anything at all. It doesn't matter. It's you know, just eat everything. But in principle, it's just like, let's just, let's just, you do you. Let's make you work for I, you. I feel like that's fine. But in, in the case where they, like, it's it seems to be that health at every size kind of straddles the line between, like, a self-help book and, like, some sort of self-esteem, like, to generate. It almost wants to be, like, you're perfect just the way you are, like, you're you're good like you're awesome and then at the same time being like and this will promote change whereas i just feel like it needs to be one or the other so positively promoting change in your in your body for health mm-hmm. reasons or just saying you're you don't need to adhere to the north american standard of weight of what's appropriate weight i i don't know like i think uh let's say specifically if you're a lifter and you lift some things well and you, you know you do some lifts well and your coach comes up to you and he says, you're not a very good lifter. I don't like anything about you. These are your goals now. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, the coach comes up to you. He says, these are what you do well. I, I like, you know, your points here. I like what you do here. Here's how we can improve on them. I think that's very practical. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Health at Every Size tries to do. It says, hey, here's where you're okay. Here's where you're not okay. Let's make things better. I, again, it's a, it should be middle of the road. I don't think it's necessarily, you're awesome. Everything's fine. Don't worry, you'll live forever. But like, but, I, you're, I but you're saying that here's where you are. You can do better. Health at every size doesn't say that though. It yeah. says you're healthy at your size. Because yeah. it says every. That's that. I know. That's, I know. I'm kind of plan. reducing this down to just what it means based on the title. But hmm. Because it, it, it seems it seems to be that the kind of equivalent. Like what I'm trying to get at is. You're, so let's say speaking of lifting, I I'm okay with my snatch. Like I'm I'm good with it. Like I, <laughs> I, hope, I hope your listeners, I hope your listeners don't yeah, snatches. Yeah, a snatch is a weightlifting maneuver. Get your hat man into the gutter. Uh, but I'm okay with it. At the same time, I know that technically, you mean. technically, okay. technically. But at the same time, I know I can. Uh, I see other people and they've got better technique than me. So I'm accepting of where I am now, mm-hmm. but I know there's a place where I can do better. Mm-hmm. So I strive to do better. Whereas I feel like health at every size would have, if in this kind of example, it would have me be like, 
I'm just going to, I'm okay where I am. I'm not going to strive to do better. So I feel like we're on the same page in terms of the health and the size. So let's let's look at the nouns here, health and, and size. Okay, so those are, those are, we'll put those over in that corner. And then being happy with who you are or yourself. It doesn't really have anything to do with size or health. It can. Yeah. But that's a separate entity unto itself. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are unhappy here, and they may attribute that to this, or they may be convinced that culture is trying to convince you that it's because of this. Whereas I tend to meet you know, a number of people who they're just not happy with themselves, and it affects everything that's happening over here with the health and size stuff. And so I think when you look at some other cultures that practice things like meditation and things like that, those can have certain, um, they tend to cross paths with uh, health and physicality, but spiritual meditation is very much uh, autonomous from health and size. But when you have that piece of your life figured out, it influences everything else, right? And so, I mean, is this just taking on too much at once? Is it trying to is it not really addressing the getting comfortable with yourself as something separate from the health and size point? Is that maybe a mistake? I think it's almost addressing a symptom rather than inherent. Than the cause? Than the cause. Why? Like rather than saying, we're trying to address why someone might be overweight, which, you know, is could be problematic for their health. It's kind of trying to address like, you're overweight don't feel bad about it and then that seems to be it that's where it stops or you're underweight don't feel bad about it you know mm-hmm. at every size it's okay you're 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 healthy and then it's your personal opinion that perhaps we need some external motivators to get us progressing from our initial starting point. So if someone is approached with this health at every, every size thing and they're like, this might be for me, presumably they're at a starting point that yeah. they're presumably unhappy with. And their solution is to get happy with it by adopting more healthy lifestyles perchance. But the, the assumption is that they're going to start a journey of progressing and improvement and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. After. And I tell people in the gym, you know, because they're like, maybe we'll do, so the, uh, I might teach them a barbell snatch. And it's like, and they're like, oh, my snatch is terrible. It's awful. And it's like, listen, if you could do it perfect, you wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. You'd be practicing at home or you'd be an Olympic world champion. The, the reason you're coming here is so that we can progress we can yeah. find some improvement i think that can go down this road that's where the the positive nature of it needs to be it's not in the you're perfect just the way you are but rather you may not be perfect but that's okay we're going to get you to a place where and and i'm speaking this a lot from a health perspective because i think that if someone is overweight and they're fine with that like good mm-hmm. good for them like they don't they don't really care about the health nature of it but if you are somebody who is is overweight and and you know that's bad and you believe that's bad for your health, then I don't think accepting the fact that you're overweight as just who you are intrinsically is that beneficial. Mm-hmm. And so I think if if their main campaign is then to you know you're you should be you are the way you are right now at least and you should accept that. But you should still look to improve. 
Well, I think that's that's generally what the campaign is, right? It's like, here's health. Let's judge ourselves by our health in this situation, not by what the scale says. Yeah. I think that in its simplest sense is what health at every size is supposed to be. So. Yeah. But I think that that might be a mistake because of what I said earlier about if you're going to be happy in your skin, that needs to be something separate from health and size in general. Hmm. And then, and then I, the physical improvement portion is something separate. With my even my weight loss clients, I start their journey with some self-efficacy modules where we look at, okay, what are some things that you think define you? And what are the qualities that you think you can attribute to yourself? And I have this thing where uh, I tell people they have their transient qualities and then there are... Shit, I can't even remember my own material. <laughs> uh, there's uh, transient qualities and then uh, more, more or less, this isn't the word I use, but static qualities, we'll say. In, intrinsic? Uh, uh, no. Transient, oh, sorry, and developmental. Okay. And so the difference being, okay, so fat or thin, transient, you can start thin, become fat, you can start fat, become thin, you can be any range in between. It's something that can change. Right, it's it doesn't really define who you are because it changes, and it's uh, but something developmental is something like knowledge, for example. You can acquire knowledge from the start of your life to the end of your life. It's not like you have it and then you don't have it and then you have it again. It's not like you have it and then you lose it. Fact, it can be something more or less that you have acquired some and then you can lose some. And so these transient qualities are things that you really shouldn't be defining yourself with. It's the developmental ones that really kind of shape who you are. I mean, I They're growth-related. I think as a coach, like, I, I don't want to say that's easy for you to say, but I think for the average person, appearance is such a significant thing. Mm -hmm. Like, the way people want to look or the way people feel like they look is a very defining factor in a lot of people's lives. So I think if someone does feel overweight or they feel underweight or they feel unaccepted by society, I think that's actually a, has a huge impact on a person. And I could understand why someone would want to lose weight just based on that alone. I could see why that would influence someone's, you know, general levels of happiness or unhappiness. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're kind of in a different sphere in that sense. You know, we're, we're competing. We want to have better results on the platform. We want to be better athletes. But that's not most of the population. The most of the population cares more about, you know, how big are my arms? How big is my stomach? That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, though. I mean, I never became a competitive athlete until probably 2012, very recently. Um, the reason that I started my weight loss journey was because there was this girl at school I wanted to date and I didn't think I'd be good enough for her. <laughs> yeah. That was literally why I went to Good Life every day and ran on the treadmill and spent three hours in the gym on, you know, like a few hundred calories of food. <laughs> right? That was literally it. And so uh, part of having a well-rounded understanding and being able to address individuals' goals individually and, and cater to their needs, uh, even on that psychological level, is to find out how this person's thinking. And yes, we can assume that the majority of my clients who come to me feel unhealthy with how they appear. It's very much aesthetic. But we need to try and get the point across that and this comes back around to what you're saying that health at every size is, is that you should be kind of happy with who you are. Who you are is not a number on a scale, right? It's, it's uh, a false association to think that you are how much you weigh, right? Um, so one of the first steps in losing that weight is understanding that 
you can lose it. It's not part of you. It's safe mm -hmm. to lose. You can let go of this baggage now, right? Um, one one point I'll make on that is so there was this video on this video series on YouTube by Mike Pulsinella, who's kind of like a amateur bodybuilder documentarist who's done a few things with like Kai Green and stuff like that. And he has a brother who is a bodybuilder and his bodybuilder does some coaching and whatnot. And so in this one video with uh, his brother, his brother was talking about this client that he had who she would come in and they would do her review, like a, a monthly review or whatever for you know seeing where her weight's at and what her progress is at. And she wasn't seeing any progress. And he came to the conclusion that you just don't want to lose weight. And she's like, no, that's not it. And he's like, no, you don't. You don't want to lose weight. And she's like, yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. And they and this went back and forth for a while. And then, uh, at, and then eventually, um, she said, you know what? I think you're right. The, I th if I lose weight, if I lose all this weight, I'm going to leave my husband. That's why I don't want to lose this weight. Hmm. That's eventually what it reduced down to, that whole back and forth. And I was like, I feel like he's making this up. Because it sounds like something, it could happen, but it sounds a little too um, validating from his mm. perspective, right? Yeah, definitely. But then I had that same situation. Because I remembered that uh, that wow. video, and I was, I was talking to my client. She, was, she had a somewhat uh, emotionally abusive husband. And we talked about it from time to time and, and how he thought that her coming to train with me was stupid and he didn't like it and he would never kind of support her training and he would work out on his, on his own and just kind of think that what she was doing was silly and stuff like that. And uh, she actually worked in the office that he worked in and, and she had mentioned that you know, somewhat abusive he'd be there. But um, I was like, if, if you lose this weight, do you think that you'll leave your husband? I just asked her straight up. <laughs> and she kind of, there's a brief moment of silence, but, and she's like, yeah, I think I will. I think I might leave my husband. And that kind of knocked my fucking socks off. <laughs> um, and I really couldn't believe it. But it's, it's, and that's one thing that never would have crossed my mind as something that was possible, something that the average human being could think or go through um, until I experienced it myself. And so, yes, we are gonna have our own biases, our own personal biases when we approach this. And, and really getting you guys together was, was an attempt to get some individual perspectives on this because we're not really gonna be able to formulate a better and well-rounded idea of topics unless we kind of get together in a panel-type discussion and get to hear everyone's perspective. For sure. Because we just don't know. We haven't experienced it. Yeah, and uh, to your point, I I like the idea of the where that mental health comes from isn't from the size that you are, and I think a lot of people associate themselves with the number that's on the scale, especially when they're trying to lose weight or even if they're trying to gain weight, mm -hmm. um, for that matter. So I think one thing that health at every size is is really noble for is trying to get rid of that um, sort of cultural bias towards a certain size, towards a certain physical appearance. Because I think that's what makes it hard for people to break away themselves from what's on the scale. Like who they are as a person to that number that's, that's, that they're seeing when, they're, when they step up or what they look at in the mirror. The know that they can change and they can 
move to a different place if they wanted to physically. I think that's really where it needs to start yeah. is yeah. is getting into that place. Um, but I just I, I still want to know how they address that directly. How do they approach helping people directly achieve that? To achieve that. To achieve weight loss? No, to achieve, um, well, th- hey, it's at every size. It could be weight gain. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, weight gain, weight loss. <laughs> My mistake. But so their campaign is obvious, right? What, what they're promoting. But I'm still not clear as to how they go about achieving this. Because, again, how is what they're talking about different from what I do at the grassroots level? Well, I don't necessarily think that it is. And, I mean, it's important to note that health at every size, yeah. You have quite a few activists saying quite a few different things. I don't think it's fair to say that it's one specific movement because you have people who are a little bit more moderate and a little bit more extreme. But, no, I I think fundamentally it's very much the same. How that plays out is uh, specific to the individual, but I don't know. I don't think there is, like you said, one Mm -hmm. dogmatic specific way that health at every size has a health at every size method. Honestly, I even still think it's still in its beginning roots, and I think in the years to come, we'll we'll probably see more specific methods, I think, from health at every size that will be more about weight weight loss or weight gain or being more healthy, being more moderate, stuff like that. Right now, I think it's not much more than a philosophy. Is there a parallel that you think you might see where this could go, where it could end up? So is there something comparative to that right now that we had that kind of started at this level and blossomed into something else? Into a philosophy? into From, from the philosophy into something a little bit more... I, I mean, like, it's a social planned. movement, so I mean, it might be comparable to something, say, like, feminism, even. Like, you know, you're going you're gonna to have a philosophy, and then you're going to have people who take it seriously, and then you're going to have people who try and, you know, make it accessible to the general audiences. Then you have people who are going to profit off it, and generally, as it grows, it's going to expand and bud in all sorts of different ways. Now, what that means, I'm not necessarily sure, but as far as it goes right now, I think it's definitely going to at least branch out in some ways. That's all I can predict. I feel like probably it's their uh, main goal is going to be to um, institute some changes at the federal and potentially provincial levels in terms of how... So maybe being more active on the front of getting vending machines out of schools Mm -hmm. and and instituting legislation and things like that. That's probably a more um, legitimate kind of direction for them to go. And um, I feel like, you know... After talking about it for for uh, you know as long as we have here, that yeah I agree I think that very much it is similar to what uh, weight loss coaches or just lifestyle coaches in general do at the grassroots level, and that I think the only unfortunate thing here was that they put a label on it, mm-hmm. and that unfortunately that label has become a pejorative in the modern society, and that people kind of see haze and they're like, well that's that's dumb and that's its own little thing over there when in reality it's pretty much what that person who thinks it's dumb might practice on a daily basis anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's it's made for on extreme people. It's made for people who aren't athletes. It's for people who, you know, aren't necessarily looking for these extreme changes. So the fact that it isn't extreme or the fact that it isn't specific is exactly the type of person it's trying to apply to, I think. And I think it may be a good starting point for yeah. a lot of people. Like, yeah. just in terms of 
confidence um, so that when they can build confidence and so they can go to somebody like you and say, hey, I, I've accepted like maybe that I need to make a change in my life. If, if that's, the, you know. Mm-hmm. Something to spark that yeah, fire. Just something to say that like I, it just something to increase confidence in themselves. Because I think a lot of people who come across health at every size may lack for whatever reason confidence in themselves like fundamentally that's what it's about is improving Mm self-confidence right whether that be through self-acceptance or just you know trying to improve yourself in some way but i think it is a a, a about confidence ultimately so i think it would be a good starting point for some people okay well i think that's good i think we can leave it at that um anything else you guys want to add um just like to conclude i think Socially, it's a really interesting and, like, positive movement. I think it's taken up in ways that I don't necessarily support, but I think, like, the concept of it I definitely support. don't think the science is there for it. So Yeah, I, think, I agree. It's yeah. pretty lacking in the scientific portion of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe adding on that, considering the movement was starting started by some PhDs, and we're in this interesting era of fake news and fit and misinformation. Um, I mean, it's not unusual for well-educated people to get a little bit passionate about one specific thing and maybe start to cherry pick info that validates their argument. Definitely. So is it, is, is this in danger then of kind of going down that road? Is it already there? Is it something we have to watch out for? I mean, if you go on to Tumblr and you search up the tag health at any size, you're going to get a lot of just very interesting uh, posts that range from, eh, cool, to, oh my god, this is nuts. Yeah. Like, it, it's already being taken up by people who are both moderate and extreme. You know, it's been around for a couple of years at this point, so that's to be expected. Um, I don't really know where it'll go. I, if it, uh, I think there's a lot of room for it to be positive. I think it is positive adherently. At the same time, just like anything else, I think it's taken to such an extent that is completely extreme and completely, you know, negative and just not useful for most people other than the small, like, cherry-picked population. Okay. So I think. Is there anything that you think was personally helpful for you that you might uh, suggest to people listening right now? Oh, for me to, when, like, with weight cutting and everything like that? Um, weight management, maybe just finding balance, maybe um, some interesting material that you read that you feel is helpful to the average person even? Yeah, sure. Um, well, when I cut weight, I did it in a completely unsafe and stupid way. My, uh, my squat completely fell. My competition numbers went up, but they had no option except to go up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just in general, like, I... I did, I, I cut probably, I want to say 20 or 30 kilos over the better course of like eight months. It was stupid as hell. Um, after that, uh, I had an in-house competition that was absolute crap. My coach came up to me, he said, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Stop doing it. Put weight back on. Did that. Bulked back up to like 100 kilos, also in an unhealthy way. That took me about five months. Now I'm around 88 kilos. I think uh, moderation is probably key if you don't want your strength numbers all over the place. It screws with your hormones when you do extreme weight cuts and extreme weight gains like that. The best thing I've come across so far is like the Renaissance periodization. Really big fan of that. I think it like preaches moderation, preaches, you know, counting macros and whatnot. So if there's one like piece of uh, dieting, like one ebook I'd buy, it'd be that one. 
Um, I'm probably the worst person to ask about this just because I feel like, um, especially uh, how I work and stuff like that, that it's pretty hard for me to maintain like a quality diet. But uh, I can speak. Cheetos. Uh, Cheetos. No, no. Thankfully, nothing like that. But I feel like I could, I could do, I could do better. That's for sure. Okay. You know, I try to stick. There's with, always room for improvement. Absolutely. I try to stick with uh, you know as fresh ingredients as I can. Um, try to limit uh, grains in my diet for sure, and just try to focus on you know proteins, uh, whole proteins, and you know fresh greens and all that sort of stuff. But I can say to anybody who wants to gain weight. It's, it's just important just to start. Like uh, when I started wanting to do that, I just did body weight exercises because I didn't have the confidence to go into the gym. And then when I got felt comfortable with that, then I was like, okay, now I can go to the gym. And that's when, it, you know, it's kind of whole thing started. Mm-hmm. I think uh, as far as nutrition and everything goes, the, the most important uh, key I've learned is like meal prep. Like I will just cook all my meals Sunday, eat all throughout the week, like these specific amounts of foods. That way I don't dick around. That way I'm not like, oh, McDonald's is so fun. I'll go grab a burger. Oh, I have nothing to eat. Oh, I'll just binge. Like having something to eat and knowing when to eat and, you know, not really going off that path has probably been the most successful thing I've attempted as far as weight goes. Yeah. And even just planning out meals for the yeah. week, the menu, like just that's what we do at, at where I live. I cook for my girlfriend as well. So we, uh, you know, every Sunday, uh, hopefully every Sunday that we can, uh, we'll, we plan out what we're going to eat for the week. And so that makes it easier for us to just eat healthier to just say, okay, we know what we're going to be eating for dinner every every day. And usually, you know, those, that dinner food, we'll have enough left over for lunch the mm-hmm. next day. Do you base those meals or the amounts off of a pre-calculated um, idea of portion or calories? Or No, I find that's too difficult for me personally, um, just because I have to cook for my girlfriend as well. So, um, and to, to get it like perfectly even where I'm like, I'm going to take half of this exactly because I know the macros for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's too, it's um, it's not conducive to, to my kind of my mental health i would say (laughs) it's too neurotic it's too neurotic for me and also uh you know um i've spoken to my coach about this and you know he's just recommended just keep eating Mm -hmm. um and don't really worry about specific calorie count um and that he's kind of the belief that you know it'll naturally as i work out i'll want to eat more and i found that to be the case absolutely um heavier training cycles definitely eat a lot more so i just kind of adjust it naturally that way Mm mm-hmm um, f- when you're living with, say, when you have when you have a girlfriend, you're living with your girlfriend, and you're doing meal prep for two people, um, here's the way that I've um, tried to have it make sense to other people, um, so that maybe they can try and make it work for them. So if you uh, live with your partner, uh, basically, I have an idea of what my portions are, mm-hmm. and I know that I need about five meals of that average portion a day. So how are you basing that portion off? Calories. Calories. I used to do macros, and now I just do calories. Okay. So, but when you do macros long enough, you have an idea of Mm -hmm. how much of this, you know, chicken breast portion I kind of need or, like, I'll I'll, I'll still weigh, like, a chicken breast. 
Yeah. The one beneficial thing with weighing as opposed to doing volumetric measurements is that you don't have to chop up your steak and put it in a bowl and weigh it like that. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, um, into a measuring cup and, and measure it like that. You can just oh, put your whole steak on the plate. It's also completely inaccurate to measure, measure with volume for like something like a steak. Well, it's, it's, if you know it, then it depends. Yeah. Now, if you overcook it, right, uh, well, so you can do like a raw measurement and then you can do like a cooked measurement. Now, if you overcook it, you're taking a lot more water out of it. Yeah. But we're only looking for ballpark anyways, yeah. right? Because the thing that we want to recommend is you're not really trying to hit exact number unless you're a, fit, a, a physique athlete. Yeah. You're not really worried about those exact numbers. We just kind of want the general trend, mm-hmm. right? So if you're in the general ballpark of what your portion is, then that's fine, right? So you could say like half a cup of protein and then a cup of starch each meal, you know, the calories won't be exact from food to food mm-hmm. or from meal to meal, but it'll be ballpark and that's fine. And then if your weight's not going where you want it to, but you're still being accountable and just doing all those measurements, then you know whether or not you need to Increase. subtract a little here or add a little there. Little. Um, so right now, like for, for most foods, I know just by eyeballing it, essentially what those calories are. And your average fruit has 25, at, well, depending on the food, 20 to 30 uh, grams of carbs, things like that. There are certain things that you get to know. So for me, I just base it on the calories. So I, I, I eat isometrically um, or isocaloric meals. So they're all roughly the same calories. Um, and I get five of those meals a day if I follow my meal plan. Yeah. Uh, and I know that Rachel uh, eats essentially one meal or needs essentially one meal less of those calories a day than I do. Mm-hmm. And so that's basically how we do it. I prep our meals to be the meal size that I want and she, she just eats one less meal than I do. And that makes it real easy because I don't have to do yeah. anything fancy with preparing special meals for her. I just prepare everything the same. She eats one less. Mm-hmm. Right? Or she can modify something to, to spread it out in one of those meals into two meals by yeah. throwing a salad in there or something like that. Whatever. But how do you split the portions evenly enough? That's my question. So you're cooking it all at once, and then you split it up to where it's appropriate. Do you wait after it's cooked? And Usually after. Okay. Yeah. Um, sometimes it depends on what it is, but... And then, I'll, you know, a lot of times I'll just eyeball stuff. Sure. Like, here's the other thing, is that, you know, if I can measure out four of my five meals... And then just kind of go by feel on that on that fifth meal. Yeah. In general, you'll be fine. Yeah. And if your weight's not where you want it to be, then you know that it's not accurate enough, and so you get more accurate. That's all. But well, I don't, I don't, I don't get your. This is definitely where my uh, neurosis comes out, where I'm like, oh, it's got to be two thousand nine hundred and one. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I, I did a cutting program where I was so straight edge and I stayed off yeah. sugar and I didn't put milk in my coffee, which I hated. Oh man. Um, I drink coffee black. Uh, you yeah. mad, man? Well, actually, I still had sugar, but I only had it post workout. I took about forty grams of uh, dextrose after each workout with my whey shake. And, but that was the only uh, sugar that I took in outside of fruit. I'm trying to wonder if I even had fruit on that diet. But uh, so that diet was um, paired up with a, uh, a training regimen. It was uh, Chris Gethin's hardcore trainer. And so I followed that pretty well to a T for seven weeks and um, took, uh, I dropped, I think, 4% 
of my body fat off from where I started. So I think I went from like 16 to 12. Yeah. I did a bod pod measurement at the university um, to measure that. And uh, and then I it was supposed to be a 12 week program, but I completely fell off the wagon at seven weeks mm-hmm. and um, put all that weight back on and more within like one and a half to two weeks. Really? Oh yeah, it was it's not sustainable. Yeah. yeah, but here's the thing. I've been, I've had a lower body fat percentage than that since just practicing moderation. Yeah, yeah definitely. Exactly. I mean, right? being extreme is just... On a long enough timeline, you can see better results if you don't get into that neurotic space. Exactly. I, I, I do all right with neurotic, but I'm like one of the only people that does. I think as far as like uh, your diet goes, moderation is mostly key. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, it, you're basically going to be a reflection of what you consistently eat. So... If you're consistently eating well and not, you know, consistently being crazy, mm-hmm. you're gonna be a okay for the most part. Yeah. Unfortunately, humans are very much, uh, yeah. you know, you start at one end of the uh, spectrum oh, and then you know you don't like it there. Someone convinces you to swing all the way to the other end <laughs> yeah. of the spectrum, right? And that's when the problems start happening. I definitely think that, especially with fitness, like the answer always lies somewhere in the middle. Like, oh yes, yeah. it's the bell curve, yeah. right? It. Uh, your answers are generally in the middle yeah. and then you know the fringe the outliers that's those are the extreme cases right but most people will have the most success most of the time doing the most obvious stuff that yeah, lies in the much. middle of the road exactly basically I mean it's also going to depend on like your experience level too though right yes. I mean like if you're a super competitive athlete or you're like a you know guy in Russia that's been training 15 years to go to the Olympics like you're just going to have different uh, people wanting different things but for the most part yeah moderation for your average person is the way to go and people have different starting places and that's sure, another yeah. thing that I think uh, is sometimes missed is that so if you take two people of the same stature same weight but two completely different body compositions and two completely different um, experience levels of training their progress both the rate of which and and uh, uh, yeah the average rate and what their results ultimately be are going to be vastly different mm-hmm. because one person definitely has an upper hand over the other one right even if you put them on the same plan mm-hmm. yeah definitely right so that's one other thing to consider Okay, I think that's it. Right, we covered a lot of ground. Anyways, this was uh, uh, really good, really beneficial. Um, I hope my listeners enjoyed the podcast, and uh, I would like to do this again sometime. And we'll talk about some other stuff for sure. Talk about some more snatches. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, so um, I guess you guys aren't running off to Oli tonight. What is it? Tuesday? It's Tuesday. Okay, I'm running off to make dinner. Fantastic. Make sure you weigh everything. Yeah, I will. And if my girlfriend touches anything in mine, <laughs> slap her hand. All right. Well, I thank you guys for coming. Yeah. Thanks for having so much for having us. Yeah. Okay.